0: living wisely, living well, April 23rd don't ask more of others than you would ask of yourself that's it, (laughs) pretty simple, but not pretty simple, there's a whole lot of implications here well, let's just start with leadership as an example, I've been in a position of responsibility for many decades Position in a spiritual community and our meditation temple um, situations where a few people are on staff and many people are volunteers and we're living together and we're trying to create a life together. But people also have their own agendas. People look um, to those who are responsible to be examples. It's it's very complicated, but it's also very important that people feel that we're all in this together. So one side of it, quite simply, in a position of leadership is you can't just hand out the the unpleasant jobs to others and keep the nice ones for yourself. There was a time in the early years of Ananda when I was, uh, the, Ananda being the community I've been part of since 1969, in residence since 71, 1971, 1971, um, I... I started out, my first work in the community was that I was in the kitchen. And at that time, it was the kitchen for the guests, and it was also the kitchen for about 30 of the community residents. In subsequent decades, that community of Ananda village has developed into primarily uh, many individual homes. That's the major lifestyle. There's some group houses, but mostly it's individual homes. At that time, many of us lived where we greeted our guests, and we just lived in tiny. Cabins or trailers or teepees, and uh, we didn't have our own kitchens. So every, everyone who was a resident also had to eat through the kitchen. And I, for a couple of years, was in charge of that kitchen. Um, and then I Swami taught me how to make Indian food. And when we would have Indian banquets, which we would have for holidays, Christmas, and other holidays, Master was a Bengali, and whenever there would be a holiday event. In Yogananda's lifetime, he would always uh, cook Indian food, partly out of sentiment and partly just to bring that, that into the Western atmosphere. Swamiji lived in India and also loved Indian food. And now, this is I'm talking the 70s and the 80s when there wasn't an Indian restaurant on every corner like there is now. He also liked it, and he also it also reminded him of his years with Master, and he also thought it significant that Master chose to celebrate with Indian food, because he didn't have to. He certainly wasn't attached to it, but it was what he chose to do at a time when it was very unfamiliar to people. So both out of respect and out of um, an awareness that perhaps there was a deeper lesson behind it, Swami also followed it, and just for the sheer fun of it. So the end point was I became somewhat of the expert on making large quantities, Indian food for large banquets, and so for many years after I'd long since left the kitchen, every time there was a community banquet, I was the one who would be in charge of it. And that was a you know, it was a big enterprise, 100, 150, sometimes 200 people, um, probably usually not more than that. And, you know, it had to be very well organized. And I would get it all set up like this. And I would spend, we'd cook for several days in order to get it all done. And with many volunteer helpers, and I'd have to keep the whole team running. So there was no opportunity, almost no opportunity for me to actually do anything. I just had to supervise others in doing it. But there was always a job, a single job, which is we used a lot of fresh coriander, cilantro, coriander, fresh coriander. And there were these little leaves, and I didn't like the stems, and so somebody had to pull all the little leaves off the stems. And I had had a personal aversion to the job. And in the quantities that we were cooking, there would always be this huge pile of cilantro and and people would have to sit there by hand and just separate the stems from the leaves. And so I was always really happy to give that job to someone else because even when I ever had to do it, it was was not congenial. I, I have too little, I guess the word is Virgo in my chart to really enjoy a minute job like that. I remember having to work once when we were putting out the path, when we were publishing the path, which is before the computer system in order to do this kind of work. And we had negatives, and then at the very end you had to put these big negatives for each page onto the light table and there would be tiny scratches and you would have to use this like this five hair brush to paint over all of those little and some of the people they just loved. They'd spend hours doing it. I actually wanted to help them. I helped them Maybe it was about two and a half minutes. Maybe I lasted that long. I was out of my mind. I just I virtually ran screaming from the room. You know, just give me anything to do except this. So I had this you know every time I'd see that big pile of cilantro, I was so happy not to have to do it. But even just to balance the magnetism as years would pass, and then I stopped being in charge, but I would often go in to help. I would volunteer to take the little leaves off the cilantro. (laughs) Because I felt, I mean, of course, it was long past. But magnetically, I had been very glad to dump what I thought an unpleasant job on someone else. And I did it consciously, and I did it gleefully. But it was a, a, a distortion in the field. And it was not right for me. Because I shouldn't see other people as a way to help me escape the things I don't want to face. Now, it's trivial, in really, in the great scheme of things. I really don't think that anybody's salvation depends on whether or not they like taking cilantro off of stems, cilantro leaves off of stems. But it wasn't trivial for me, because it was my, would you call it, lack of respect for others, my lack of unity for others, my magnetism as a friend, my magnetism as a person in a position of responsibility. All of these questions actually matter, because you know, Ananda is a very interesting place as a community and we are not at all, it's 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 an interesting blend because we are an ashram based on the principle of discipleship. So this is a very um, progressive spiritual path. What that means is that, you know, at the apex you have a God-realized master and then scattered out behind him you have all the disciples and devotees, all all of whom are striving as jesus put it jesus put it to be therefore perfect even as our god in heaven is perfect and that is our ultimate destiny and and it's a so um, spiritual spiritual understanding is a gradual awakening so it stands to reason that there will be some people who who will have a greater degree of awareness than others it, it our spiritual path is not the day of rapture when the elect are chosen and the damned are left behind, which I actually understand is a theology in some churches. A woman told me who grew up in a church like that, every day when she would come home from school, she would be frightened that when she got home, her house would be empty because the day of rapture had come and her parents were taken and she was left behind. Oh my gosh, what a horrible thing to grow up with. But our path is not like that. Our path is over many incarnations we grow this way, so there are those to whom we we should pay appropriate attention because they have naturally attained a certain level of wisdom. Now, let me just think where I was trying to go with that. Let me think for a minute with that. Oh yes, but that kind of understanding can leave to can lead to a very institutional kind of authority and you know, the Catholic Church, for example, and other more rigid kind of entities, you know, spiritual advancement in spirituality is the same as position within the institution, and uh, obedience, not even respect, but obedience must be given to positions in the institution because by definition, if they have that position, they're more advanced and you should listen to them. Ananda has never been set up that way. Swami Kriyananda was very wary of that kind of institutionalized, externally declared um, measure of spirituality. So we endeavor to respect one another, and we do. We endeavor to cooperate with one another, and we do. But Ananda is established on the basis of those who are willing to take responsibility and act on that willingness and those who have magnetism because of the way they carry out their responsibilities and because of who they are spiritually and and usually those people may also have a position of responsibility but not always and sometimes but not not often but sometimes people in positions of responsibility haven't yet developed the magnetism to inspire confidence support and cooperation from others but fortunately, ananda does not enforce anything externally. It runs entirely on the basis of true magnetism. I say this because this is very important, because this is the way of the future. The way of the future is not form. Kali-yuga is form which is, if you're the president, everybody has to do what you say. If you're the vice president, everybody has to do what you say. If you're one step ahead on the, on the measurement of the external scale, then everybody below you has to pay attention. And nobody cares about the truth of it, whether the man in charge is an idiot or a knave or a scoundrel. If it's his position, we all have to go along. Dwapara Yuga is on, on energy on the, uh, and, and emphasis on the individual. And that's what we see sort of growing up right now it's manifesting negatively also in a huge way which is no respect for authority and even a, a really a dark effort anytime anyone looks like they might have magnetism or goodness it's like it's like a, a determination to destroy that which is horrible but at the same time what people are looking for is for authentic goodness authentic magnetism it's just in the present chaos, where communication is so difficult to sort through, many lies are passing as truth, which is unfortunate. But, the, but Ananda, and I, I don't mean to overstate this, but I'm not sure I can overstate it, I think it's just true. Ananda is the social pattern of the future, where because of the individual commitment to higher consciousness and the sincerity with which that is carried out, and the automatic winnowing system, which is it's just not for everybody, we have actually organized an entire society, a small society, but small is part of what makes it work, a small society which is actually based on magnetism, on true magnetism, not on position. And so one of the things that Swami says here is, don't ask more of others than you are willing to do yourself. And this also just comes into a whole other side of it, which is, you know, we get so upset when somebody doesn't keep their word or doesn't keep their promise or is unfaithful to me or said they would do it or spoke unkindly. And we're how dare you behave like that? And we conveniently fail to notice that um, I would behave the same way in the same circumstances. And I have behaved the same way in the same circumstances. You should behave, but you should be understanding when I don't. Now, that's an oversimplification, but not always. You know, we set, we set a standard of what I will accept and what I won't accept. Now, don't misunderstand me. If people are not treating you appropriately, you owe them nothing. You don't, have to, you don't have to put up with it. It's quite appropriate for you to stand up for your rights, even if you know, you know that I too have these same faults, but I'm, I'm not going to subject myself to yours. But inwardly, If we're going to make demands of others, we have to live up to them ourselves. There's a really sweet story told about Mahatma Gandhi. A woman brought her son to Mahatma Gandhi because he was known to be very strict in his diet, very austere. And she wanted the Mahatma, the great soul, to tell her little boy not to eat too many sweets. He ate too many sweets. And Gandhi said to the mother and the child, come back next week. So they came back the next week, and Mahatma Gandhi said to the little boy, Don't eat too many sweets, it's not good for you. And after the little boy left the room, the mother said, Why did we have to wait a week? Gandhi said, Last week I was eating too many sweets. (laughs) And he knew he wouldn't have any magnetism. So he brought himself in alignment with truth and then he was able to speak it. That's also what's being said here. Again, don't misunderstand me. This is not an excuse for you to accept abuse. There's no reason why you should accept abuse make yourself the first work of art that you're concerned with, and then everything else will follow from that. So Swamiji says, don't ask more of others than you would ask of yourself. God bless you, my friends.